0: He don't ever fail, never Sometimes we think he fails Because we're praying for something that may not be for us But let me tell you, he don't ever fail us Well, 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 welcome back to Clubbing Seals With me, your host, Aisha Kreitz And I'm so glad you're here uh, I look forward to us having a little chat today. it probably be pretty quick today. I uh, only had a couple things I really wanted to share with you. Um, and it's raining, so if you hear a little, you know, tick, 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 all that, it's raining all around me. It is a beautiful, rainy day. Day, I have a love-hate relationship with the rain, uh as I'm sure we all do. You know, I love it because it's all cozy and warm and makes me just want to do little cozy, warm things, you know, bake bread and snuggle up and stuff. And then at the same time, you know, it makes me wet and I can't go outside and it's not sunny. And, you know, although, you know, in Florida or places like that? Not so, right? We can get nice warm rain and then it's lovely. Um, you know, up here in upstate New York, the rain is rarely, it's nice and sunny and then, you know, some little sprinkles and rains and stuff like that that comes out or it's not like refreshing. It's usually cold, wet rain, uh, which is what we have today. But, that's okay. Uh, (laughs) We will take it. Uh, It's a great day to be alive either way. And like I said, it gives me time to just uh, sit down and you know, sometimes they can be great writing days. I know my husband likes to write in the rain. Um, I'll sit out there smoking a cigar, writing his uh, book. Speaking of which, uh, in case you guys don't know, uh, first book out published it is self-published um, I'm hoping he's gonna go look for a publisher or something but the book is amazing not because it's my husband but really I was uh, reviews have been great um, it's called untamed fury the return of Jake charm it is the first in a series even though it says uh, the return of Jake charm and you'll find out you know what that about uh, as you read the book, I encourage everyone to go get it. Uh, you can get it on Amazon. You can get it on uh, at Barnes and Noble, like the Nook. Um, so there's physical one, um, Kindle, Nook, or you can also um, reach out to me and we can get you a signed copy if you'd like. Um, again, it's called Untamed Fury, The Return of Jake Charm, and it is by Matt Kreitz. So uh last name K R E U T Z so you should be able to put that in you know Amazon or wherever and uh, search for that um it is a uh, suspense thriller like who done it type of thing um I th- think very original. Um, And like I said, you can even look, there's some reviews starting to come out on Amazon on it. Uh, People who bought the book and then coming out and they're really good reviews. So that's always uh, good to hear. And um, those proceeds go, you know, to a good cause when you buy it, which is me and my family. Um, So yeah, I hope you run out and buy the book. Okay. And um, you can also go to um, Matt Kreitz dot net n e t and uh, you know buy it on his website uh, that way um, as well. So any one of those will work. Anyway, what was I talking about? The rain? Oh yeah, because he was writing, right? Uh, but let me just get right into it. Really, what I wanted to talk to you guys about today, you know, I, I really want to stick with the. Life issue about cultivating a culture of life, and again, I'm gonna be kind of quick. Um, and you know, I, I just had a couple of thoughts that I wanted to share with you. Um, when I was thinking about all of the different issues, right, that face our nation today, um, and, and there it is a myriad of them, right? I mean, it is just everywhere, all of these different things, whether it's violence, whether it is the Um, issues as it pertains to quote-unquote race. Again, those who listen to me for any type of a while know that I do not like to use the term race. So I said quote-unquote just so that I can lead into, right, the skin color um, issues that we have, right, Uh, when, when people are talking about race issues they're talking about skin color issues or cultural issues right because even within the color of somebody's skin there are various cultures um there are various cultures within america right we should have the american culture and that's why it's a a melting pot but even within that whether you're living in the country and there's a a country-ish culture, right? Um, If you live in the country and you live inside the small town versus uh, you're a farmer, right? Those cultures are different, the cultural differences. If you are um, one of my light-skinned brothers and sisters and you live in uh, Maine versus living in Key West versus living in Oklahoma, each one of those areas have a different culture, okay, uh, and it goes for the same uh, for of those of us who are highly melanated, right, um, one moment, some of you will say, oh, you know, don't speak for, you know, you can't speak for all white people, we're not all the same, right, all, you know, like I said, my light-skinned brothers and sisters, and the same thing, you'll be like, oh, judge somebody by the color of their skin. Yes. I mean, by the content of their character, not the color of their skin. And it'll be like, yes, that's exactly it. And then turn around and ask me, well, how come black people do XYZ? I don't know why black people may do XYZ any more than you may know that, right? If I were to ask you, oh, how come white people do, you know, WMB, right? Uh, you might be like, oh, well, I don't know. I'm not them right it is different right if I ask you about you may have a theory right but it doesn't mean that it's accurate or you can actually speak for them right um so whether it's those type of issues right it's like so we look at all the issues that are going on right in the world in our nations in our community and we do talk about you know I want to Just be very clear about the root issue of those, right? And, of course, they are, A, number one, spiritual in nature, okay? Um, That as we um, work on becoming to know who you are in Jesus Christ, either by accepting or rejecting uh, Jesus as your Savior, and then working through sanctification, however that may look um, to any of us, right? Um, there, I mean, I think that's, that's number one. That's paramount. Absolutely. But not everyone, right. Is going to accept Jesus as their savior. Um, some that will accept him as his savior won't accept him as Lord. So again, there's that. But so once we get into the realm of just like kind of, you know, uh, I mean, I don't want to say the fleshly things because it's not, but just, you know, the, the, the basics, we look at how the broken family um, and the breakdown of the family. And when you look in any area, doesn't matter where, um, where there is a high rate of broken homes, you're going to see a high rate of um, issues, violence, drugs, depression, um, addiction, uh, poverty, all of these different things. Uh, when we have intact homes, seventy percent of these issues c- almost solve themselves, right? And then we have a manageable thing that we can work on. And so, you know, again, root issue type of things. If if, if government, if programs, if all those things were serious, we would be working on um, really talking about strengthening the family as a whole. So as that right is like so so those two components you know yes those are main issues within those issues the issues is the issue of life and the reason that i just want to talk about that real quick is because when we're talking about having an abortion um when you're talking about encouraging someone to have an abortion, when you're talking about supporting someone, um, to have an abortion versus speaking life into their life, you know, like if if you're going along with all those negative things that they're saying and saying, yeah, yeah, you know, it's your body, it's your choice. It's what you want. Um, I understand, you know, and I'm not saying don't be there for someone, right? If somebody chooses to have an abortion, we absolutely want to walk with them through that afterwards, because they're probably they're going to need us just as much uh, to be able to heal from that after they realize um, what the consequences of that are. Right? Uh, there's a consequences to all of our actions. But when we're talking about life, um, if or or abortion, once that happens and life becomes disposable all these other problems do come in right violence is so if you can perpetrate violence on an innocent child and we can figure out a way to justify that in our minds all other violence becomes justifiable and it becomes easy okay it is it is very easy for someone to then say oh well you know, well, they're not listening or, you know, or taking away somebody else's rights um, becomes easier. Um, you, and, and again, it's almost subconscious because you can't convince yourself that innocent, helpless uh, body, right? It's like they talk about bodily autonomy, right? That I have bodily autonomy. And as a woman that I should, and yes, you should. And remember that when you are uh, trying to force someone to wear a mask, okay, (laughs) because of whatever uh, is going on, right? Uh, You do have the right to bodily autonomy. And so does that child that's growing within you. You have rights as a human being. They are intrinsic because you are a human being. Once you then take those same exact rights away from that child in the womb right once you can then justify for whatever reason that this child no longer has bodily autonomy even though it has separate dna even though it has you know its own two arms and legs and um own pain right it still needs to eat right all of these things that are going on and they're growing inside of someone and once you can convince yourself to either ask someone to kill that baby, right, or force them to uh, have an abortion, or convince yourself to do that, it becomes very easy afterwards, when you're out here in the world to then do the same thing. And things become convoluted, because on one side, you're like, well, I should have the right to do whatever I want. But at the same time, you will feel a lot more compelled to be like, well, yeah, the other person should be able to do what they want. But Right? But XYZ, then it affects me. Well, you are saying that, but didn't you just do that with the baby? Right? It was like, well, this is affecting me, but what about the baby? And you just convinced yourself, right? If you're the person that's having the abortion, um, you convinced yourself that your needs are above all other needs, even that other. Being that is being grown and cultivated inside of you, right? So then you're saying that, and that's why it's selfish, right? And that selfishness now becomes externalized once you have that abortion. There's all of a sudden this fight that doesn't really make sense, and that's why I said a lot of it is subconscious because you don't really. it it, it doesn't really make sense. You know, you're like, well, of course I'm not selfish. I love people. Um, I want everyone to be okay. Um, I think that it's important that we're, you know, keep uh, people and, 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 and life safe and all of the, you know, again all these different things. Oh, I'd never want to hurt anyone. But then when it comes down to it, When it comes down to you or them, be like, well, of course they should have to wear a mask. Oh, of course they should have to uh, give up their guns. Well, of course they should, again, you can fill in the blank because now it affects somebody else. So one moment you're saying, oh, well, really people should have their own choice, which is what you want to believe. But now you have just said by having that abortion or by encouraging someone to have an abortion, that really it comes down to your own selfish desires. And we know that our own selfish desires change. And that's why we're seeing all of it, right? It was like, then it's flip-flopping all over the place. Then it's like, well, yeah, this is okay. And this is okay for this moment. But now that it personally affects me, well, now it's not okay, right? And, and, and how easy that becomes, right? Abortion has very, um, you know, its tentacles are long, And when we look at mental health issues that are happening in our community, not only, you know, again, food, uh, the way that um, big pharma, the way that these big industries like processed foods and stuff. Absolutely. I think they have a a huge effect on mental health. Uh, What you put in your body um, is also uh, very important to your not only physical health, but your mental health. And then as well when we think about abortion if one in three people have been affected by abortion then no wonder the mental health issues are out of control right because you can't go through something like that never have any kind of counseling never have any kind of healing never have any kind of really anything and then be like oh everything is fine And if you can do that, then you're probably like a narcissist. Those people are like, oh, it's the best thing that ever happened to me. It's the best thing I ever did. And never really dive deep into that or unpack what it is that you did. Then, you know, I mean, you may be, you know, a little bit of a psychopath, right? If you think that, oh, it's okay, you know, instead of, you know, there's, there's, there's another side of that right there's some people who turn you know they'll say oh you know what it's a very personal it was hard um i can respect those people a little bit more right because they're not shutting off their emotions they're like yeah this is a very difficult situation um and i made the choice um not something you know sometimes right but like i'm not really proud of you know i think that i did what i thought was best for me at that time um but, you know, I wish there was another choice, right? It's like, and, and sometimes you'll recognize that they took a life. You know, that's a little bit healthier than, yes, I, you know, and, and I was that person, to be honest. You know, that, I mean, not the shout you're abortion person, but when people would say, you know, I'm post-abortive. And um, when people would come at me about abortion or something, it was like, well, I had an abortion. It was the best thing. I was 14 years old. it was This child was going to ruin my life. I was never going to be able to do the things that I you know, follow the dreams that I had and all of these things. So I do understand that, um, mode of thinking and I will say, you know, and it is, it's selfish. Um, and until I had my kids, And and I love my kids. I like my kids. I like being around my kids. And when I started homeschooling, like, again, I thought homeschoolers were kooky and weird. And I was like, I could never homeschool. I can't be around my kids that much. I need my freedom and my time and, you know, all of these, you know, various things. And so, you know, when people say that, I'm like, oh, no, 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 I, I, uh totally get what you're saying there. Um, <laughs> because I was I was that person. And then the first year that I homeschooled, it was pretty tough. You know, I will say it was a rough uh, go of it. Um, but I loved it. And I and, and I love my kids and I love being around them. And like, when they go off with their friends, I'm like, oh, I miss them when they go off uh, to work. I miss them you know, my oldest is out on her own and I miss her, you know, and I, I liked being involved in my kid's uh, life, but I had to learn how to do that because the world had told me so many lies. And it was like, oh yeah, this, you know, so many lies that I really fed into until I realized the beauty of what God had in store for what he means for parenthood, what he, you know, and again, and, and then it looks different for everybody. So again, I don't think that one, Um, size fits all. I'm not trying to say that. But I do think that he means for us to be parents of our children. And of course, you have to actually have the children before you can be a parent of your child. Um, But anyway, I've gone a little bit long. I didn't even want to talk that long. I hope that you can hear what it is that um, I was trying to get at. Um, Maybe wasn't as concise as i could have been or usually am but i hope that you will just stop and maybe just meditate on how much the issue of abortion really impacts our self right personally if you had an abortion please reach out to me um I would love to, especially if you haven't been healed of it, if you still have some pain or uh, difficulties being able to deal with it or you think that you are. As I was talking and you were like, yeah, you know, you were feeling kind of drawn to say, I I do want to talk about that or I want to be forgiven and set free. I want to have that freedom to be able to um, be honest with myself about my feelings. Um, I'm more than happy to work with you, talk with you, and uh, counsel you through those things or find somebody, right? Like maybe I'm not the right one for you, uh, but to find you someone that is and get you plugged into uh, one of the people that I know uh that I think would be excellent at that um in helping you and even if you haven't had an abortion but you counseled someone to have an abortion right or you participated in the abortion in one way if you're same thing you know we will get you the help that you need so that you can really uh work on yourself with this issue so that then you are free to be pro-life and cultivate a culture of life. And maybe the next time it will look different. Okay. Um, we are stronger together and with God, we are stronger than what we think we can be. So that's pretty much it. Um, that's what I got for you. And, uh, don't forget to check us out. At, um, actually, I have one little segment that I'm going to go afterwards now that I had just said that it made me think of something. So I'm play my song and uh, I'll just have a few other words. But don't forget to check out the Frederick Douglass Foundation. No matter where you're listening at across the country, we have the national organization, www.fdfnational.org. Sign up, become a member there, and we will get you plugged into someone in your state. Uh, to help you get involved if that's what you want to do. Or you can just sign up, become a member, and become a supporter or a prayer partner. We need that. If you live in New York, you can go to www.fdfny.org. We have an event coming up on August 14th. Uh, We also have a pro-life rally. We're not putting it on, but... uh, another pro-life group is really hosting it uh kevin mcgarry from the frederick douglas foundation of california and every black lives matter will be here on august 13th and 14th for a couple of events uh, you can find out more about that on the website check out our blog um, and again sign up become a member uh, we're always looking for prayer partners volunteers leaders and uh, donations your donations are so important to help us to be able to do the events that we do and as well to keep them as free as possible so that we can go into the neighborhoods that really uh, need to hear the information that we want to share to train up those people who you know again as conservatives right a lot of right when we live paycheck to paycheck just like everybody else we're pulling quarters out of our couch cushions in order to do the things that we do so um, those who have the ability to give, please support the things that we're doing so that we can help um, all people from all walks of life be able to be equipped, to be educated, to be discipled, and as well so that we can educate those people who need to hear the message. Okay? And that's it. Um, like I said, I have another little small section. Hold on one second. And we I will be right back. Mm-hmm. I am still, and wait here in the silence, until you come and settle a while with me, you raise me up, so I Isn't that the truth? Oh my goodness. I don't know how many of you out there know or love the Lord, have had an encounter with the Lord, but let me tell you, there is so much truth in that. Um, You know, I remember when I had this realization that God believes in me and once that sunk in you know that he believes in me that the maker of the universe believes in me and has faith in me I was like how can I not have faith in myself and who it is that he created me to be right and of course you know, along with that, um, you know, we can, we, we can get stuck in this place where we're like, Oh, well God made me this way. And therefore I'm supposed to be, but as this song says, right? Uh, he raises me up to be more than I can be. And when you think about, right, the scripture talking about renewing of the mind daily, that we have to be born again Right? Being born again in Christ. Obviously, that means somewhere along the way that my natural man, my natural person, who I am, is not always going to be who he has called me to be. And from that, right, whatever it is that I or you, whatever sin, whatever iniquity, whatever uh, failing that we may have whatever stumbling block that we may have, whatever fear that we have that is stopping us, right? And, and, and we all have them. So, you know, sometimes people look at me and be like, oh, you're so bold, oh this, right? Or, you know, oh, look at you, you just say those things. It's not easy. It's not. And there are times, right, when I hide away in the bosom of my Abba Father, when I hide away in you know, yeah, I'm gonna get emotional here, right? Because it is difficult. It's difficult to always know that God has called you to something, to say something, to do something, to be fearless for him and knowing that, you know, they rejected him, therefore they're gonna reject you because it's not something that um, people necessarily wanna hear, right? But he has called me to be more than I can be. I don't think in my own strength, and like, there's no way I can say that, Lord, there's no way I can do that, right? Um, we can take it back, just something as simple as the mask situation going on right now, or, you know, passing, hopefully, even though there's tons of people still wearing masks. And that's fine, right? You want to wear a mask, wear a mask. You don't want to wear a mask, don't wear a mask. I really could care less. Uh, just don't try to make me do something that, you know, I, not that I don't want to do, but that I don't feel that is right, right? Um, Sometimes, like, part of that whole situation, right? I mean, I don't know why somebody doesn't want to wear a mask. Maybe they can't. Maybe they don't want to. Maybe they don't like to. I I have no idea. Whatever it is that, that comes along with that. But within that scope right going into a store or doing something and being confronted and having people be all up in your grill all the time you know and be like oh why are you not for whatever reason whether they're friend family foe neighbor don't know them I mean there wasn't it's not like an easy thing to do you know there are times when you know i have a conversation or confrontation with someone about it I go sit in my car and cry and be like why why do I have to do this right but I was compelled to and I was like you know what I'm just gonna I did I went through this whole thing because you know I had some anxiety about wearing the mask you know and I could do it for 20-30 seconds at a time and then it would just the panic would set in and it's ridiculous again I've got my own issues but um you know, I was like, No, I'm gonna build up the stand I'm gonna to be able to do that just so that, you know, people can feel better. Uh, I don't you know, again, I'm like they don't do anything. You know, I, I'm not keeping anyone from getting coronavirus by wearing a mask. There's plenty of studies that are like, you know, yeah, I'm not wearing an N five man Nine five mask or a gas mask? No, I would probably try and I want to buy a gas mask. By the way, (laughs) because right next thing you know, there's going to be like these bioweapons and I am going to need a mask to be able to put on to be able to breathe. And I cannot even imagine or fathom being able to wear one of those gas masks. But I would know that it would keep me safe because you know, I mean, it's an actual mask to keep out. you know gas and viruses i don't actually. i don't know if the gas mask would keep out viruses i didn't look at that but you get what i'm saying right it was like like if people were walking around with gas masks on i'd be like hey no problem at least they believe what they're really saying versus me just wearing something to make you feel better because either you're complying with um some kind of social contract or something right or you actually somehow believe that it is helping, which is ridiculous, uh, in my mind. So I'm like, you know, I'm not gonna just do something just because that is where you think I should be at. Now with that said, part of doing that, and I know, right? It was like it's so simple, but I had to lean on the Lord, I had to pray a lot and be like, Lord. What am I supposed to do here? Right? Like am am I crazy? Do I just do this? And right, my conviction, how he made me was you can do this, Aisha. Set the example. No, don't give in. And um that was tough. But he called me and I was able to stand on his shoulders and say, you know what, if nobody else has my back, you do. And if nobody else understands, you do. And, yeah, can we put that in place of things like sin and, you know, other things when we keep failing, when we don't, you know, again, you're like, hey, trying not to do something. Like, you know, I'll be like, I'm trying to not eat my little crunchy, which is this uh, fried, uh, um, uh, what's it called, Uh, egg roll shells. I love them, but just the shell itself with nothing in it, and I call them crunchies. I'll be like, okay, Lord, I'm not going to eat any today, right? That's my little sin. I'm like, no, I'm indulging. And um, he gives me the strength. I can stand on his shoulders and say, no, I, I, I do not have to give in to this, right? He calls us to be more than we can be. And I think that when we stop and we really start thinking about who he is, who he's called us to be, and that we don't always have to be the strong ones. I don't have to be strong, right? I can abide in Christ, stand on his shoulders, and he will be strong for me. The Holy Spirit, right, that conviction that comes in that I don't have to be a victim or a slave to sin because when I stand on his shoulders, he makes me strong. Even though I feel like I'm the weakest thing in the world. And if in my own strength. I think that I can do all things. And I can do anything. that I will continuously fail. Or at least. I mean that's how it is for me. I'll be like. No, no, no. I can do that. Oh, I have the willpower to X, Y, Z. Right? But then you fail. At doing it. And then you're like. Well, come on. I mean I should be able to do this. Whether it's smoking. Whether it's eating. Whether it's. I mean take your pick. What you want to do in there. It doesn't matter. But. What we can say is, hey, stand on God. Let him be the one in you to make you strong. And that's it. Thank you for listening to Clubbing Seals with me, Aisha Kreitz. That's a wrap. I'm out. Pax, peace. And you know what? Keep on keeping on. God loves you. And so do I.